As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. With the preseason in full swing, you don't want to miss a single episode of the Basket Buds edition of the Athletic NBA Show podcast on the Athletic Podcast Network every single Monday with myself, Zach Harper, and our cast of characters, Trevon Edwards, Jay King, Dave DeFord, James Edward III, Law Murray. We're breaking down every single big preseason story, and we're doing it with a lot of fun and a lot of trash talk. Make sure you're checking it out. The Basket Buds edition of the Athletic NBA show every single Monday morning right in your podcast face. Saturdays are the most fun day of the week and with that you get the most fun pod right here on the Athletic NBA show. It's called the Saturday Slam and Jam. You'll hear me, Andrew Schlecht, and my co-host Alex Spears break down the past week of NBA basketball bring on a smart beat writer to give you the lowdown on their team and then we have a trivia game Andrew versus the beat where I just try not to humiliate myself so when you're raking your leaves brewing your coffee or just taking care of stuff around the house listen to Saturday Slam and Jam right here on the Athletic MBA show welcome to the Athletic MBA show on the Athletic Podcast Network where the group that works like they do the group that embraces some of our mantras, we talk about getting better every day. We talk about playing together. When you do those things, you end up on a stage like this. They compete. They're NBA champions. I couldn't be more happy for our players, for our team, for our organization, for our city of Milwaukee, NBA champions. Yeah. Big time. This is Nerder She Wrote with your host, Dave Dufour. With Mo Dekeel. Are you ready to be entertained? Hello and welcome to the Athletic NBA Show. It's Friday. It's Nerder She Wrote. Hey, it's the week before the season, too, which means uh, preview week. And, uh... You know, we do previews on this show, and normally it's award previews. I'm Dave DeFore, 
Joined as I am most weeks by Seth Partnow. What's up, Seth? You just got home from uh, the UK? Yeah, I'm I'm, uh, I'm feeling fine. Good night's sleep. Not a lot of jet lag. Full of energy this morning, ready to go. Recording from bed, which is uh, just a power move. Um, and, and then Mo to Kiel. Gonna... Oh, because. Oh, killing me. Listen, killing me. Full disclosure on this podcast. I, look, I'm just jealous. Put shirt on. <laughs> <laughs> I could never bring myself to record, like, on the bed. I, I mean, I, and I understand, like, you know stuff's going on but it's um i don't know man i I don't have the juice for that i don't feel like i could get away with it this isn't supposed to be video it's supposed to be audio and you're just selling me (laughs) out here setting the scene here i I would take a nap i would take a nap if i was recording tapestries on the wall and i mean you know is that is that a miniature larry o'brien trophy over there in the corner uh so on the preview show last year for the awards we had ben taylor on and we couldn't come up with a better guest, so we asked Ben to come back, the Redux Part 2 of our award show. And I, I want to say off the bat, Ben, that um, you picked Luka Doncic to win MVP on the show last year. Do you have anything to say for yourself? Or? Disgraceful. What was I thinking? I mean, were you, just, what, were you just caught up in the moment? What was this? Kool-Aid. Kool-Aid, David. It's Kool-Aid. And... Uh... I the way I feel about that pick is the way Seth looks in his bed right now. I can't I can't wait till you make the same pick again. Screw it. Just go. <laughs> Keep picking. I actually it. I asked Dave to make sure that I get some of my picks from last year because if I don't remember my old picks, I will just keep picking them over and over and over again. I picked the Spurs to win the title like six years in a row once. I don't think that you can choose Tyrese Halliburton to win rookie of the year again. I'll take Ben Simmons. Yeah, yeah. Um, but you did pick Draymond to come to be the comeback player of the year uh, if you're coming back from sucking. That was not bad. Yeah, that was a good That's pick. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, then let's jump right in because we got a lot of awards to get through. And, and I want to start with the big one. MVP. This is the thing that sort of defines the season. Uh, last year, Nikola Jokic wins the award, which Seth predicted on this show. And it's the only prediction. That was actually made on the show. None of the other ones are are worth even listening to because we were so right. You guys are just going to be bored if you go back and listen. But Seth called Jokic's MVP. Um, Well, we did our own votes, and and I took the tallies in secret. There's only four of us, so it's not hard to figure out who voted for who. Uh, KD gets two votes this year. Giannis gets one, and Jokic gets one. Um, The KD – now, KD was my pick last year. I thought he looked great coming back from injury. And uh, if he had not dealt with some injuries during the season, there's a pretty good chance, Seth, that that he could have won the MVP last year. I mean, he was the front runner when he went down. I mean, he certainly had had uh, one of the, the sort of per minute arguments that that a lot of players had, but he didn't just didn't play enough last year. Um, and I think that MVP is always a award that that encompasses an element of production, but also of narrative. Um, last season was almost. Um, sort of unfortunately uh, in because he was fully deserving, but it was almost Jokic by default in that a lot of the other players who had like compelling narratives just didn't play enough for whatever reason. Um, but going into this season, KD, who I think was the best player in the playoffs last year uh, and has the narrative kind of win sales behind him. Yeah, I think that's what makes him the, the favorite going into the season as MVP this year. You picked Jokic, Ben? For a repeat, I did, I did, I did. Um, you know, 
it just you told me about this podcast last night at 11 30 and you said come up with an mvp by the time we record in the morning and uh he was the first name that popped into my head hold on no. hold on hold on hold on this is ben you did not think of the mvp just last night stop with this bullshit. <laughs> don't try to put this on dave we've all had our own thoughts of who could win the mvp since the preseason gets going don't do that don't do that i'm the only one that can take shots at dave <laughs> sometimes true. but that's it we ain't letting a guest come into the house and start trying to throw the furniture around and mo was the last one to give me his picks so he knows what he's talking about here. Mo, Wait, you picked Mo, KD, right? He gave you he gave you his picks after I did? He he gave them to me on the Zoom call it seems here. Impossible. So, so Mo picked KD and I picked Giannis. Now, now last year we talked about this quite a bit, right? Like Giannis had the the anti-narrative. He had won two, you know, they hadn't won a title and it was kind of a, a big deal that they, you know, had the way that they lost in the bubble. And he had that anti-narrative. I think that he has a little bit of a narrative push behind him now because he had that, I mean, just amazing performance in the finals. I think the bucks are going to be really, really good this year. I think they're, they might push for the one seed. They don't need to experiment like they did last year. They kind of figured it out. I think he's got a good shot. Yeah. So here's my thing about KD, right? He just looks poised to do it. I disagree a little bit about last year, you know, with the injuries. I, I didn't feel like he was a, a, a front runner even when he went down. Um, I felt like it was Jokic and Bede and 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 uh, uh, Curry came on strong at, in the middle towards the end. But the injury stuff was what held me back last year. I feel like having watched him play through it, having watched him go through the Olympics, I think he's just poised to go. And the thing I love about KD, guys, is that he just loves to hoop. Right. And I don't I don't think we're going to get a lot of rest days from him. If he stays healthy, I think he's going to be the MVP. I think he's going to be top three in scoring. I think he's going to have uh, a whole narrative behind him, especially with this whole Kyrie debacle. You know, it might just be him and Harden. So I think there's going to be uh, uh, more on his plate. And I think that's going to to help him in that stuff. And I think coming back from the injury a year afterwards, much more comfortable. I'm way more confident about KD winning the MVP than anybody else. Well, Seth, let me ask you statistically, what does a KD MVP season need to look like on a team that has the expectations that this one has? Cause it's not like he's going to get a lot of credit for being a rising tide, right? Like even with the Kyrie stuff, that team should still be a finals favorite. And I don't think he's going to get the rub if they're the one seed. I just don't think people are going to care all that much. He's going to have to do something himself individually. What do you think that looks like? Um, I kind of, I mean, if he has any sort of anything close to the efficiency he had last season, um, but it does have to be married with that level of team success. Right. I, um, again, the, the narrative be behind there. him is he is, yeah, he is, you know, as, as Mo said, there is sort of that lever of, you know, he, he's overcoming the distraction of, of Kyrie Irving to, you know, help lead this team to, you know, 58 wins or whatever, while scoring 29 a night on, you know, 62, two shooting or something like that. That's the, that's the kind of thing we're talking about. Um, and I think that based on what we saw last season, especially last playoffs in the Olympics. I think that's not an unreasonable expectation going into the season. Do you have an argument against KD Ben? No, he didn't vote for him. No, he was one of my three guys. So I think you have to look at the narratives that we've discussed. 
I I think Jokic for me is 06 Nash, which is in 2005, oh, he shouldn't win. There's this argument against him. There's this other guy who's more established who should have it. Uh, he's a he's a unique kind of player. I'm not sold on him. You know, Nash is floppy haired Canadian guy playing on a 29 win Suns team that overachieves. Jokic is Eastern European. Is he thin? You know, the, all this stuff that like goes into it that probably shouldn't. But there's no Jamal Murray this year. And historically, we can look at how players perform with and without guys on the floor and with and without guys in the lineup. And Jokic's numbers just got better without Murray uh, last year. I think it was 24 games off the top of my head. He was a machine. And so I like the Denver team still. They were completely depleted health-wise in the playoffs. I think you're going to get a better version of Michael Porter Jr. I wouldn't be surprised if someone has him on another award ballot we have coming up. Um, <laughs> like, if they're healthy and they're... And, and the other thing is health, right? It's going to be an 82-game season. So even with some of the things we see today, you know, in the old days, you needed to play like 72 to really win most of the time. Maybe 66, 68 games. But anybody who's up, like if Jokic runs 82 games and the Nuggets win like 54 to 58 games, he's at the least going to be there. So then the question is, who are the other guys? Durant for me is if Harden plays like 65 or 70 games and Durant plays 65 or 70 games, I don't know how you're going to, unless Durant just has some sort of like outlier all-time season i don't see how he's going to have a huge narrative push and then there's one more guy on my ballot which dave i cannot believe you did not vote for how did you not pick steph curry um i picked Giannis. uh steph would have been second for me but i don't trust that warriors team at all see like i I, it's a lot of weight on clay thompson's legs Ooh, and, wow. Yeah, we disagree. And I don't, that. I don't we'll, want to disra- derail us here uh, uh, with Steph well, Curry we'll and Clay Thompson talk. We will. But yeah. uh, Seth, you, you had a point that you wanted to make here. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. No, I think that, that you raised your point against Steph is a little bit would, would be my argument against Jokic um, in that. Yeah. If the nuggets are, you know, in that 54, 57 win range, he's probably going to be right there. I just, I, I'm not sure that that's just that, that the level we saw from Jokic over the, that sort of post Murray piece last season, I don't know how sustainable that is across the whole season and how well that translates into the Nuggets being, you know, a top two or three seed in the West. I will say um, he, and, he skipped and, the Olympics, and, right? For this reason. Yeah. But, it, but I still, it's even, even with that, it's just, you do wonder if the Nuggets have enough in what is as always a loaded West to, to be that good, to be good enough to have their guy be in the MVP vote and to Ben sort of other narrative point. I mean, I think, on sort of the pure merits, you're probably correct that there might not be much to pick from between the end of the season between Durant and Harden. But let's be real. Who wins that popularity contest? If it comes down to a signing credit, Giannis. So it's, this isn't, <laughs> See, yeah. this is- <laughs> well, yes, that, but, but no, but between the two of those, I mean, I think like last year I, I talked a fair amount about how Harden was having an MVP level season before he got hurt. And just the level of, backlash because of how he exited Houston 
And I'm not sure that the anti-Harden um, sentiment has really died that much, even if, you know, in the Nets, the, the anti-anyone sentiment is probably being sucked up a lot by Kyrie. This is, this is what led me to Giannis, right? I, I feel like the voters aren't going to go for Jokic again unless he has. I mean, it's going to have to be a spectacular season, right? He, he'll have to have a better season than he had last year. The Nuggets will have to perform better than they did without Murray. I just think that's not as likely. As much as I love Bones, I think Bones Highland's going to play for them. Um, but I, I just I believe in the Bucks, I, and I, I mean, I think Giannis is one of the two best guys in the league. So, uh, kind of just landed there. So it seems like I'm right here. You guys have argued. No, my well, point I mean, for you're. Me. Oh. I mean, <laughs> don't. I've defended you already on the pod. Don't make me have to come get you. Um, yeah. The the. No, Giannis is right up there, and I think he's going to have yeah. the narrative behind it and and everything that goes with it. I mean, the Bucks looked really good, and he looked really good in their preseason game against the Jazz and all that. It's just interesting, and you know, I didn't vote for him, but it's just interesting how none of us had, had looked at Joel Embiid because I know we've all kind of penciled the Sixers to have a drop with the Ben Simmons thing. But I'm just saying, guys, what if they fly, right? Like along those lines. Like he's a guy, you know, it's going to be on his back. You know, and it's going to be on both ends of the court. You know, I don't know if we're going to have much drop off. I think he would have won the MVP had he not missed 20 games. You know, if he missed 10 games, I think he would have had a good chance of winning that MVP award. So I don't I think we are kind of sleeping on it a little bit, myself included. But I, I, I it's it's just so much it's funny because I picked KD and there's a lot surrounding them. There's still so much more surrounding the Sixers in terms that we don't know, but I think that's a guy we have to kind of dark horse it, keep an eye on. I, that's a great point. And in particular, because of the, his ability to also bring it on the defensive end, like he's going to get a lot of credit for that. If they're a top seven defense without Ben Simmons and, and they've got Embiid in there, certainly he's going to get a lot of buzz. And you're right. What if, what if Embiid just does what Jokic did? And when you look at the success that team has when Embiid is on the court, if he can play 70 games, I think he can win MVP. Yeah, but that's the question. Right. Like if he plays and he plays a ton of games, all the stuff you guys are saying, I think, is there. And then he would have it's it's a lot of ifs. If he does it, I think he's going to be primed to take the award, uh, both in terms of team success, defensive standing, defensive player of the year vote. Uh, his raw points per game, all that stuff. But it's just like, I I am not confident that he's going to string together a 76-game season. Okay. Uh, you guys ready to move on to Defensive Player of the Year? Any well, last thoughts? I just want to, we should we should throw out, there's there's one name none of us has mentioned, and it's kind of funny, is none of us have said LeBron. And it's, it's sort of, which is, which is, I mean, given given how well the West seems to be set up for them to be just almost, I don't want to say by default, but certainly with the Clippers and Nuggets sort of hampered um, their chances, the, the the Lakers chances of being the one seed in the West are, are seem to be pretty good. And, you know, LeBron is, you know, still into, until proven otherwise, you know, one of the two to three best players of all time at, at risk of, you know, treading on, on, on Ben Taylor territory. Can, can I say something that's going to sound ridiculous, but I, I actually think this is true. Russell Westbrook may, hurt LeBron's chances at a regular season MVP. Cause I think Russ is going to, I'm just glad no, I, listen. I I'm just glad I didn't have, I'd have to be the no, one, but to Russ is going to have, he's, I think he's going to have a good regular season. 
I think, I mean, Russ was awesome when he got healthy last year for the wizards and that's why they made the play in. I think that having Anthony Davis healthy and having Russell Westbrook healthy, I think that stuff is going to take away from LeBron. People are already, they're always looking for ways to detract from LeBron anyway. And I'm not, you guys know me, like I'm, I'm fair about LeBron. I'm not, I don't hold him up too high or too low or whatever, but that's the truth is that people do want to knock him down. I think that this will be an excuse to now, if he, if he does 27, eight and eight, and they're the one seed, LeBron is going to be in the MVP race. Like there's no doubt about that. I just don't think he can win it because the narrative stuff, it, it hurts him. Oh, you're sleeping on the, 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 uh, the we'll LeBron see, we'll see and what the, Laker media hype train. Uh, we'll see what the Disney machine does <laughs> to, to pump up LeBron's MVP chances in year 19, which is pretty amazing. All right. Defensive player of the year. This one is a no brainer. And, and actually like we had three votes for Gobert and one for Giannis, which by the way, Giannis was my number two pick Mo. So it's not like you're, you're in bad company there. Like Giannis is no, a no, game no. changer. I'm happy to be the only one, right? <laughs> I mean, and, you, and here's the thing you, you may be because I don't know if Gobert can win this award award again. Do you guys? Uh, yeah, I didn't. I didn't say Gobert was was true. going to win the award. I said he will. He he's likely to be the most deserving player. But be, again, because of this narrative stuff, and you know, if you've seen my Twitter in the last however long, this it's zero days since the last Rudy Gobert idiocy. I mean, the, this notion that he gets played off the floor and gets schemed around and yaya is is so persistent. That it that I can't imagine him having a, a good enough defensive season to overcome that in the minds of of enough people. Like I I think it's I, I I can imagine it. It's hard for me to to get there in terms of thinking that enough people will see past what is the the ridiculous noise about like his supposed shortcomings in not making Boyan Bogdanovich into you know a, a passable playoff defensive four. <laughs> It's it, no, it's 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 the same problem that Giannis had last year, right? Like right. they're just not. I mean, the, the the narrative side of it too. Uh, but just to go in with Giannis, I just think Giannis has that ability to really be an all around defender type guy. You know, I think he's going to be able. Again, I just think he's going to go full throughout all year. You know, you guys are picking right. for him to be MVP, uh, or, or Dave did. And, yeah, I and, did. and and part of that is goes both sides. He he plays it on both ends and things like that. I think he's more likely to win defensive player of the year instead of uh, the MVP, just because I think he's going to bring it defensively. And I think they're going to need him to, you know, uh, listen, I know PJ Tucker isn't, you know, people always kind of say like, he's not quite the defender and things like that. He makes life hard for other guys and it allows him to kind of Giannis to chill, but Giannis is going to have to step up on some of these guys in some, in some of these regular season games and have to guard the KDs more often and things like that. I think it opens up that opportunity for them. And, you know, I think that's why I think he's going to end up winning it. And I think he's going to be deservedly winning it. I know Seth was saying, you know, uh, Gobert, does, Gobert could win it every year. Yeah, exactly. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? 
Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service that you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. So I, I I considered Giannis, actually, but I do think that since we're getting stories about how he's still kind of having lingering knee pain from that the hyperextension he suffered against Atlanta, I'm, I'm wondering if this is going to be, you know, a mid-60s game season because, you know, they're a team that knows they don't have anything to prove in, you know, November through March. And, you know, he it seems like from some of his, his quotes – kind of in the playoffs and afterwards that, that he's kind of gotten away. And I can speak to this. He was a guy that you had to, you know, to drag off the practice floor. And you had, he would be mad if you held him out of practice or a game for precautionary reasons. And he seems like as he's getting older has kind of understood that, you know, yeah, you want to play every game, but February in Washington doesn't matter as much. So if you miss that one, okay. So I do think that there's a decent chance that just the volume of contribution is a little bit lower for him this year. Yeah, and go and Gobert doesn't have to deal with with the same. Um, his job is just different, right? Like, so it's just an easier job for Gobert, and, and because of scheme, obviously. Um, what do you think, Ben? I mean, is there any chance that Gobert could possibly win it? I think Embiid's well, got a yeah, shot. Yeah, that's by the why way, we but... all that's why we all picked him. No, I mean, no, 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 no. We picked him because we believe in truth and justice. And no, I think he can defense. win it again. No, he can <laughs> win it again. Sure. I mean, if none of these guys pop and aren't healthy, and you know, you don't have what we talked about, Embiid, um, Giannis is there. I had three other guys on my board. I think Draymond's too old for a regular season run. I don't think Golden State's going to have the uh, the sort of team defensive success that you need for the the reward the award Wait, you don't you don't think they're going to be uh, a top five defense again like they were last year i do not see we we got to get to golden state later we will we will you and i are seeing them very differently yeah um and it factors into how i i see these awards playing mm-hmm. out so the other two guys that we haven't mentioned one is bam who's gotten voter love before uh i think miami's going to be quite good but i don't know like what kind of sustained regular season that means you know what i mean i don't know if jimmy butler has a great regular season i don't know if they don't click until the playoffs i don't know if lowry flies in the regular season but they're there and then the other sleeper and i he probably i'm interested if you guys uh, agree with me here i just don't think he probably has the chops the other sleeper to me on my board was miles in indiana Hmm. Now with Carlisle there, that is interesting because they're going to have a little bit more um, national media paying attention to that kind of stuff with, with them. Uh, just, they're just they're just ready to overachieve with Carlisle. So you start I, I with that. Yeah, you start with Probably. that and you kind of extrapolate out from there. What about what about a guard or a wing? You guys think Drew Holiday has a shot at all? Like, I mean, Mo, like you mentioned Giannis and that defense is going to be awesome. But what if Drew Holiday gets gets a lot of credit for what he does at point of attack? It's hard. It's hard at yeah. that point because I think the defense and, and that's where kind of the narrative side of these things get pushed and stuff like that. I think a lot more credit would go to Giannis uh, for the defense, even if Holiday's great at point of the attack. Like he would have to be so amazing. 
Like he would have to basically nobody can ever score on him at, like the entire series, right? He has to give up no points, you know. <laughs> like it have to be at an unbelievable clip, and I, I I just think it's so hard um, from there. Yeah. The interesting, the, like I thought about perimeter players, and this is actually going to be an interesting sort of uh, meta commentary on how much the supposed like rule changes and emphasis have have affected the game. As of the way the game was played through the playoffs last year, it's hard for a, a perimeter guy to have the defensive impact just because you can't touch a guy. You know, if you're guarding too closely, you get these these nonsense foul calls of guys jumping sideways into you and stuff like that. Um, if that stuff starts to get cleaned up a little bit and you can actually like guard a guy on the perimeter, then I can see it being possible for a guy, you know, like a holiday, like a, a Kawhi, if health, if healthy, a Jimmy Butler, someone in sort of that area to, to kind of come in and really impact that award the way that like Tony Allen used to back in the day. Um, but that's, that would, I think, I feel like that would be a, a pretty big like stylistic change in how you can actually play defense on the perimeter. Um, and that's, I think that's more impact than like these new points of emphasis are likely to yeah, have. I agree there. Uh, okay. Th- this one's tricky. Uh, rookie of the year. Obviously we know it's going to be, you know, probably one of the guys who's already pretty good and uh, it's very much going to be about opportunity. And we got with four people, three different guys uh, got votes, uh, two votes for Cade Cunningham, a vote for Jalen green and a vote for Jalen Suggs. Um, I, the Cade one feels kind of obvious, right? Like best player, uh, going to have the ball in his hands a lot. I mean, you know, what do you guys see? Like Ben Cade was the guy that you picked. What kind of season do you expect out of him as a rookie? I mean, like are, we know about the playmaking. We know he's going to be a, at least a league average defender from day one, which is, I mean, just fantastic. I mean, it, the defense has been really good so far. Um, what does he have to do? Do you think 15 and eight? Is that, is that yeah. rookie of the year? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I don't know. What I, if Jalen you know, Green scores 25 points a game, though? <sighs> see, this is what you guys aren't thinking about. You, you guys, I, I, Mo I, and over, I over, over here. Under. See, Mo picked Jalen Suggs, and I'm assuming for a similar reason. Like, uh, look, Jalen Green is going to have an ultraviolet green light, and, and it's just going to, I mean, he is, have you guys seen his first step? Yeah, but it's not. No, it, you can't see it. <laughs> no, but it's, Go ahead, it's Mo. You're, you're, the, the thing you're not really looking at, though, is, there's a lot of guys on that Houston Rockets team that are going to have fair. the ultra green, you, you know, like just <laughs> yeah. go, you know, it's going to be Kevin Porter Jr. Um, is going to have a lot of opportunities. Christian Wood's going to have a lot of opportunities. You know, uh, uh, I, I don't know how many opportunities Shengun's going to get. I want him to have more, but I don't think he, I don't know if he'll get a lot. But there's there's a lot of guys there that are going to touch on the ball a lot. That's going to make it uh difficult whereas i my pick being jalen suggs was because he's gonna have the ball in his hands a lot like for me for if you're orlando you gotta just constantly give it to him and let's just see if you're the guy everybody thinks you are i think he can be a a a star player i don't you know i think that's something we're gonna see throughout this season i think with Cade and and i like Cade a lot i think almost Cade has the better upside but i think it's just gonna take a little longer to get there. I don't know if he's going to just blow it out throughout the regular season. Um, the way that would get you a rookie of the year award. Cause we also know that's an award that you got to kind of dazzle a little bit. Absolutely. Well, and it depends on when you hit too, because there are guys that start out great and, but 
but they don't, they'll fizzle out in like January, February. And really you got to start hitting your stride January, February. If you want to win this award, ease into the season, get good. Uh, what's upset. So Kate, Kate playing for Dwayne Casey, is that worry you at all? As far as his, his chances of being able to be, let's just say special versus just a good player. Well, th- this is again, and this is year yeah, on one, by the way, not, to, not in the future. Yeah, no, I just we, mean year one. We've, we've talked a lot about how team success uh, is going to affect the other awards. I think that um, Houston, Orlando are going to be bad enough that like the numbers that, that, that green and Suggs put up are going to come with just a grain of salt. Like the over under so points per game versus yeah. Points per game versus team wins. Who would you, who, which side would you take in either of those bets? But you know, it, it, you it, know, well, um, and I just want to push on that a little bit. That wasn't always the case with rookie of the year, right? Rookie of the year normally was a guy on a crappy team because yeah. normally he was a top <laughs> yeah, yeah. three pick. It was yeah. on a lottery squad, right? When like, did that change? Like when did Malcolm it become? When, okay. So, the, but the discourse, I think it changed before that a little bit, but the discourse yeah. of this guy, like I know Booker got a lot of that. It was empty calories, like empty stats on a bad team. Booker got a ton of that, um, but but it just seems like that has become a thing uh, that that is a little bit more common. But I, I'm with you, Mo. Like I, I think if you have, like, I mean, if Suggs is at 22 points a game or 20 points a game, um, he's going to be in the like we just know like that that's a that's a no brainer, and he should. If you're a rookie and you can score 20 points a game, I don't care how bad. If whatever team you're on, if you're scoring 20 points a game in the NBA. You're doing something. Wait, you guys think, think Suggs we, can I, score 20 a game? Is that what I'm hearing? I mean, he's going to have an opportunity. Well, no, I, I don't well think he's going to have either. an opportunity, right? <laughs> he's going to have the ball in his hands. I, I don't know. I mean, even if he's even if he's scoring 18 points a game but has a couple of game winners because he's going to be the guy I think they go to down the stretch. Half-court bank shots. Yeah, I mean, listen, beat UCLA. <laughs> I'm happy. That's probably the biggest reason why he gets the award for me. But uh, – Along those lines, so if he hits clutch shots, big opportunities, and those things, that carries a lot of weight. And and maybe it's not necessarily a flashy 23, 24-point average. But as long as it's showing that, like, hey, I'm a ball player. Like, that's really all it is in terms of rookie of the year type situation. And I think that's the, – the standards to me for rookie of the year is not how many wins your team got. It's how good are you? Are you better than the other rookies – in that in that class and I think there's just areas where I look at those other guys and I don't see anybody really having that full opportunity the way Suggs is I think that's that's a fair point though I think part of the change you're talking about in that the rookie the used to be the guy who scored 26 on a terrible team is the way we've talked about being a good impactful player just overall has changed and this played out a little bit I think last year um, when we, you know, the, the, the LaMelo versus Anthony Edwards debate is like, oh, Anthony Edwards, like Anthony Edwards, very promising season, did all this, did all that. But LaMelo Ball, like, made the Hornets better, mm-hmm. is, is, is sort of made, made the Hornets relevant even. Um, and, and then that's even though he, he, you know, he didn't do what Dave said and kind of ease into the season, he, he missed a big chunk of that meat of the season. Um, the fact that he, he was able to be impactful in ways that were observable um, is, is almost what played into him getting that over a guy who, who probably after the, the coaching change was not an empty right. calories guy, but largely was before right. that. he came. So I think Anthony Edwards actually came on too late. 
and he now he improved month over month over month, which is what you you know that that's he's a rookie. That's what you're supposed to do. Uh, so our, our Cade, I think, probably should be the favorite. I, I haven't looked at the odds. I'm, I'm assuming he is because I expect him to be the best player out of that group. But I'm sticking with Jalen Green, guys. I, I just think Jalen Green of the guys he's going to be competing against for the ball on his own team is going to be the the most exciting guy there. I think he's going to get more opportunities than those other guys. I think he's going to, I think he's going to fill it up. I think he's going to score a lot. Do we have any dark horses? Anyone like, is there any, like maybe Josh Giddy gets I like Giddy, a, a ton of, if he's going to play yeah, a lot, he'll or, get a chance, right? Yeah. Davian Mitchell, if Sacramento is it turns not out enough to be, offense, turns out to be not pretty enough yeah, offense. His, for him. his issue yeah. will be scoring. I do think, you know, Davion Mitchell is going to be, I, I bet he's going to be like a coach's favorite. So like when you get coach guys on TV, they're going to love him. I mean, I love watching him play defense, right? Like he's uh physical without, without being like a Miami heat player. You know, it's, it's very, it's very interesting defense that he plays. Uh, all right. Well, you guys ready to move on or anybody else on rookie of the year? Good. All right. Coach of the year. And this one, um, we got four. This is the only one that we get four different votes for which coach of the year. I mean, it's such a subjective award and, and we're all grading it on, on different things. Um, Rick Carlisle, Nick McMillan, Ty Lu, and Nick nurse are our choices. And honestly, like I could see any of these four, like you can see the path to any of these four winning with for Carlisle, he's going to probably give him a five win bump in Indiana just by being a, a, a much, I mean, he's one of the five best coaches in the league. He's going to give them a confidence bump already. They're getting some bonus like out of the way on offense, which is going to open things up for them. So you, you see the, the difference there. Nate McMillan. We already saw the Nate McMillan bump. I mean, there's an argument to be made. This is the most talented offensive team he's ever had a chance to coach. And we know what he does for defenses. And this is going to be a full season with a camp. Ty Lu, no Kawhi Leonard. If they over exceed expectations, Paul George is probably in MVP conversations. Ty Lu definitely in coach of the year conversations. And Nick Nurse, a- another one. Kyle Lowry out. That team is, has reshuffled quite a bit. I mean, if they're like, this was your pick, Mo. If, if Toronto is the sixth seed, Fifth seed is Nick Nurse in that conversation. You think? I mean, if he's if there for sure, I think it's always about just exceeding expectations. But even if they're the seventh seed, I think they're going to be right there in that conversation. It's it's always the coach who kind of really j- makes that jump. I think the thing with Nate McMillan is there are expectations in Atlanta now. There's not they have to be the the number one seed or the two seed in the East to get there. You know, I think Tyloo. It's just going to be tough with. With the Clippers, I don't, I don't know. Uh, I think Paul George is going to have a great year. I just don't know if there, there's enough there to, to really kind of push those expectations. I like Carlisle, but Indiana's Indiana to me. I just, it, it, they're the same every year. I don't know how much Carlisle will change things. With Nurse, I just think first off, I'm very high on Toronto just on the pure fact of them being in Toronto. I think the, the way they kind of all of a sudden had to jump to Tampa Bay completely put them behind the eight ball for the rest of the season. And then everything that had followed with it, it was just an incredibly weird year. So I think the and we haven't talked about that enough, but well, like we, we've talked quite a bit about the schedule crushing all these other teams. But we, last year we really didn't mention enough that it was a last minute thing for, for the whole organization, you know, all the players and everyone 
to just uproot their lives and move to Tampa. I mean, Fred Van Vliet was talking about how it was just nice to be in his house. Yeah. And so I just think that alone is a huge bump for them. And I think that that will take them a lot further. So that's why I'm just I think they're going to exceed expectations. So by my the way I tend to envision the coach of the year award going, I think it's going to be him. Ben, your argument for Ty Lue. Let's get our crack research team on this. Is it? it, it did I nail it? You na- you absolutely nailed it. I think Carlisle, as I've alluded to earlier, is a guy who I also really considered. I kind of agree with Mo if he means that like the Pacers have a hard ceiling. Uh, and I don't think I think they've done too well in the past to maybe go too far past that hard ceiling. Like I don't Pacers aren't going to go out and win 57 games. Um, I I. I like the uh, Nick Nurse argument. Obviously, I think super highly of Nick Nurse as a coach. And I kind of love this Raptors team secretly. And I like I think they're going to be plenty good. I don't think they're going to be super good or anything like that. I can't believe we made it through the rookie section without talking about Scotty Barnes. Um, but yeah, if obviously he's going to be there. Has Nick Nurse won the award? Didn't he win it? He didn't win it. He won it the year he won the title, right? Let's get our crack research team on this. Anyway, if he hasn't if he hasn't won it, then I think that gives him some extra narrative steam because I do think you're going to get that rubber band effect with Nurse won it in 20. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah, so that's why I didn't pick him. Yeah. Like I picked Carlisle um just because I think that there's that like they're primed from having come off a rough coaching situation combined with a rough health situation to just be better just kind of by sort of like kind of the, the natural filling in the hole. And then Carlisle for a, a roster that kind of requires some offensive creativity, a coach who has some of that. I do think it's funny though, that we're bringing up kind of the, the narrative degree of difficulty for Ty Lue and not mentioning Steve Nash. Uh, I think, I think he did a really nice job last year. Um, you know, he kind of almost staying out of the way and, and learning as he went and then showing like really good preparation and versatility in the playoffs. I thought he, he coached a hell of a series against the bucks. Um, and his, his coaching job as always is going to be much more about almost the, the not X's and O's stuff. It's going to be about like navigating this like nonsense with Kyrie. It's going to be about, he's got a deep roster with, um, I think I saw somewhere this year, they're going to use like seven different guys as like normal centers and, you know, it's nice to have a lot of options, but that means you have to make a lot of choices. So secretly, the Nets are kind of a high deg- degree of difficulty spot, though kind of the thing against them is the expectations there are so high, it's going to be hard for him to exceed them. The, the, the two things that Seth that I want to say, one is I agree with you on Nash, but Nash should have probably had more consideration last year than this year. I think this year will be a little bit of an easier coaching job than that. Not not easy, but easier than last year because of all the injuries. I think this team's deeper, all that stuff. We can talk about the Nets another day. I'm sure they'll be spoken about a lot. The Indiana Pacers for me is what does that look like? Do you think they're a, a playoff team like with outright or are they a playing team? Are they, like when we talk about what Rick Carlisle is going to bring, like I just don't see them being a top six team in the East. Like a, a a real playoff team, not in the play-in. Yeah, I mean, that's what, I mean, they were in the play-in last year and then lost in the second game of the play-in. I don't see them being anything more than than that. I mean, like, maybe they win the play-in tournament and get in, but, like, I right. don't see them being a like, top six I don't team. think they can be better than Boston, Philly, Miami, Atlanta, Brooklyn, and Milwaukee. 
See, I think the East is, you, you, someone said earlier that the West is stacked. I think it's the opposite. I think the East has kind of more horses. You know, we can go tit for tat on actual title contenders, but when everyone's healthy. But I think when you size up the season, I see as long as these guys stay healthy or remotely healthy, Atlanta, Philadelphia, um, Milwaukee. Could this just be who has the best record? The coach that coach wins. Like, could this be a season where that's kind of how it works? Because it does feel like generally there is an acceptance that there's more parity throughout the league right now. It feels more wide open. You know, if you, aside from Brooklyn, if you took Brooklyn out of it and, and without Kyrie, I don't know that anyone feels like they are as guaranteed. You know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, I was like, I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shay Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondery. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f-ing best. Each week, Shay Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture themed trophies for six basketball related activities. Trophies like the Dominic. Dominic Toretto, I live my life a quarter mile at a time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short-term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina wine mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. It does feel like anybody could kind of be the champ and in, in, in particular because some of the favorites are relying on guys who have either an injury history or age. You know, I mean, the Lakers are literally are the, just the cast of cocoon playing basketball. If, if Frank so, Vogel gets the Lakers to be stay a top five defense with that roster. You, you, that give would be it to, impressive. Not, no, name the award after him. <laughs> like it's like that's where yeah. I, like that's, All right, let, everybody's got different hurdles to jump. All right, let's move on. Last year, we were doing comeback player of the year, and we were, you know, talking about guys coming back from injury. And it's always just who was the best guy coming back from injury. So Seth said, what about the guy that comes back from sucking? And not just a guy who's always sucked, but a guy who was pretty good and maybe just sucked for a little bit. So the comeback from sucking award this year, we got three different guys. Uh, we got Kemba Walker. We got two votes for Kristaps Porzingis, and we got a vote for Tyler Hero. And, and I think we can all agree. Now, Kemba has the, the health issue. Porzingis has the health issue, obviously. Um, but both of those guys played last year who looked awful. But Tyler Hero last year, Mo. All right, you picked him, Mo. He was on my list after what he showed us in the bubble. I just uh, was he not just a victim of just mistaken expectations like the bubble was fake right the I, bubble was I, fake I, i'm going I, let me push back on that a little bit please i mean there please. were for sure, sure unrealistic expectations which happens all yeah. the time with w- w- however we do this stuff right but the thing is i think he was a victim more of that shortened span of the finals and then going into the uh the season now I kind of said I don't think he's I thought he wasn't going to have that great of a year last year because of that and because we kind of saw the leap during the 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 bubble run right and so I was like not enough time for him to have really developed anything because he's got to rest all that stuff and things like that I didn't think he would be as bad as he was (laughs) 
<laughs> but you know, last year I didn't think he was really. You know, I thought he was a real problem for the the Heat. But I think there's going to be a bounce back this year. I think also having Kyle Lowry kind of eases things for him a little bit. I think at times the Heat were trying to make him a point guard, which isn't who Tyler Hero is. And if that's what you're doing, then you're going to be you're basically trying to hire a plumber when you need a roofer. Like I think those are the issues that you're having with that stuff. And I think that's why I think they kind of have found the role for him. I think he's going to slide right in. I think that's why Tyler Hero's the comeback from sucking award. Just like a plumber doing your roof, Tyler Hero was in a shitty situation. And like this year, they will need him to score. Like, shouldn't, they, that they be the opposite, shouldn't that be the opposite way around? Like a roofer doing <laughs> I plumber. said plumber yeah, first was the problem, and that was the, the listen, thing. And, and what, listen, what is going on? Tyler Hero is going to have to score for this team because they just don't have a lot of it. Right. So there's going to be an opportunity here. Mo, would you say like is 18 points a game for him on the table? 16, yeah, to 18 I, points I, a game? I think that's right in the range. I think he's and there are going to be some nights where he's going to explode. You know, I think he has that ability in him. And I, I think just a overall, again, with the heat, I think just a better vibe with that team. I think Kyle Lowry, a, a breath of fresh air. I think there's a lot of things that come into it. So, you know, and, and here's the thing, and this is, this is, I'm going to take shots at you guys who'd pick the other guys, right? All those injury concerns still there with those guys. That's see, that's a good, so, that's a good point. What's we're up, talking Seth? about situation and Mo brought up a good, uh, a good point uh, when we we're talking about the last award about coach of the year in terms of the Raptors and a guy coming back from kind of an odd situation. Um, and it led to some, it, it contributed, I would guess, to some weirdness with the organization. He was still being played kind of a, not his best role for kind of the second year in a row. And another person I considered for this spot was Pascal Siakam. So kind of getting that, that comfort back to him. Uh, now, whether or not the Raptors have added enough around him to not, need him to try to be kind of the the lead scorer again. I don't know, because he's been a player who, again, has been very miscast in that role the last couple of years. But I think if we're talking about, you know, easing back into just more kind of life comfort almost, he's a guy who doesn't have those injury concerns, who is a pretty good player, who has a chance to get back to the level he was, you know, two, three years ago. And might be playing for the coach of the year, right? So... You know, I mean, it's not like he's he's not hampered by coaching. Um, no, Porzingis is interesting okay? because Porzingis has had a, a couple of seasons of weird injury stuff. Um, he looked fantastic right before the, the season shut down in, in spring, early spring of 2020. Looked fantastic. Came back, looked really good in the bubble, then got hurt. And and things have just gone south from there. Obviously had the whole mix up with rehab versus surgery. And then they changed the start date of the season. So through no fault of his own, he has missed multiple training camps. Uh, I mean, including like the, the not even getting to finish the bubble because he got injured. Didn't have a training camp start last season. Never really looked right. And in the preseason so far, Seth, I mean, I don't know if this is why you have him on your list, but he looks Great. He is moving as well as he's as he's looked since spring of 2020. And I would argue as well as he looked since he got to Dallas. Like he looks good. So with, with between him looking healthy and us, you know, an expectation of maybe even a little bit more from Luca. 
I think Porzingis has a really good chance because he's going to have the eyeballs on him. I think he's got a good chance to be a guy who is like, oh, you know who's good again? That Porzingis guy can play. And all of a sudden, you know, nobody's trying to put him in the trade machine, you know? Well, I mean, if nobody's going to jump in, then I'll jump in. He always gets hurt. I, that's the issue. I mean, that's the thing. It's can just, he stay healthy? You can't. It's so hard to bank on that, you know. And he he has flashes. He looks good. He has a run where he looks good, and then he misses four games. Is like, there a point? Is there a point with Porzingis that they need to get to? You guys think where it's almost he's on the Kawhi plan. You're you're sixty to sixty five games because we need you in the playoffs. He's a seven three guy with lower body issues. I think that that you know the going in with the expectation of, yeah, no, he's going to go play 82 games. It'll be fine. You think that's been the mistake most of this time? Yeah. I, I think, I think, I think that, that, you know, after, you know, hindsight being 2020 kind of after the ACL injury, it should have been, okay, we got to, this is a guy we're going to have to manage because, you know, there's already kind of a very extended kind of kinetic chain going on here. And there's a lot that can be go that can go wrong quickly. And so, um, we've got a lot of it, a lot invested both, you know, from a financial standpoint, but also our team, our team, like having him on the floor in the playoffs and, and, and at his peak and, and getting him there has got to be as much the focus as, you know, um, getting him on the floor for as many regular season games, as minutes as possible. Yeah. Uh, ben, you, you pick Kemba, um, health aside, right? Cause the health is, we can't like predict it. Although, you know, we can certainly look at history cause it can paint a picture health aside. Kemba's going to have opportunities. Tom Thibodeau, we know what he does with point guards on offense. Is that kind of your your reasoning here? I I just don't understand this award, so I had to take someone who <laughs> was injured and now might be slightly less injured. I'm I'm with Mo, and that I think everyone that has an injury problem still has an injury problem. I just think with there's no official voting body on this, but I still right. went with narrative. We are like the official Kemba, voting body. Kemba's going back to New York City. That might maybe going back to New York City helps his knee not act up for more than 20 games during the year. I, I don't know. That was I, I think all the names you guys have discussed were the names I had on my board. Ironically, this is the first award where you've hit every name I've had on my board. Uh, OK, well, I, look, Kemba Kemba should have had to go to the Knicks. Right out of college, by the way. I, I just I just you know. I shouldn't say that actually. I had Vucevic because I wasn't sure if he counts as sucking last year. <laughs> no, he just got traded. Um, all right, most improved. And now this one is is tricky, right? But we set some parameters. We're looking for for younger guys taking a leap, but not like second year guys. Okay. Um, and and here's our voting. Okay, we got to vote for Michael Porter Jr., which uh, absolutely makes a lot of sense. Uh, OG Ananobi. And Jordan Poole. We got two votes for Poole. Um, who are my Poole voters? Uh, ben and and Mo. All right, well, I'm gonna start with Mo. Mo, Jordan Poole. You believe in this? You think this is real? Yeah. You know, it's funny. It's I I probably would have gone Michael Porter Jr. before the preseason, but just watching Poole kind of evolve. You know, even from summer league into the preseason, I'm going like he's really important and I think he's going to play such an important role for the 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 Warriors kind of bridging them to Clay Clay Thompson coming back I mean Dave this is like the third podcast in a row I've spoken about Jordan Poole like it's a little odd I would have never thought this was going to happen you know if you asked me a month ago you know before the preseason began but it's like 
I just think he's that guy right now. Um, and I think the eyes are going to be on him with Golden State. If Golden State especially starts out well with him kind of being able to to help in the second unit in particular, I think that's going to just open the door for him. And this is why Ben Taylor is going to pick the Warriors to win the title, right? This, this is where we're – this is what – I mean, you've wanted to talk about the Warriors What's the whole time. On? And I'm assuming it's because of Jordan Poole? <laughs> well, no, but that's for later. Look, nobody has ever gone wrong with with bold preseason predictions about the Warriors for the Warriors <laughs> on this podcast. Everything Dave, everything Mo just said, Dave, about Jordan Poole is true. And you watch guys in the preseason sometimes and you can clearly see you've we've mentioned it a number of times on this podcast. They look healthier. They have a step, things like that. I watch Poole. And I don't think people realize what is potentially coming. Like he's going to fill in essentially for Clay Thompson. He's he has no issue taking 14 threes in a game, um, even if he's down in like 36, 37 percent range. I still think this is a guy who in that system with the motion that they have and what they've been trying to cultivate for two years and patiently building toward you add players like him and it's not just him. He's not going to be out there by himself with Curry. It's Otto Porter. It's Andrew Wiggins. It's, it's having more adults in the room. Bielitsa as a high post passer, Iguodala out there as another feeder from the elbow in this system. Uh, Poole has some of this clay Curry, pedigree with learning how to cut the back cuts the overplays his release is insanely quick he's got a step back so he can self-generate like I'm not talking about an all-star player I'm talking about a guy though that is going to go out there play big minutes and what Mo what do you think 17 to 20 points a game that kind of thing yeah I think that's kind of what we're looking at especially early on I think that's going to be the big thing Seth is shaking his head in disapproval He's shaking his head every time hey, I've spoken listen, today. By the way, folks, I just I, want you to know that. <laughs> I've I, look. I watched. Uh, no, I'm I'm warning the cat from. Oh something. no! Let the cat the go. <laughs> I've watched a lot of pool in the G League bubble. Look, I, I think it's real. I just don't. How does it hold up to higher volume? You know what I mean? Like, there, there's just a lot. There's a lot there. Um, that being said, I think it's a good pick because I think he's going to be good. Um. Seth, you picked Michael Porter Jr. I don't feel like I need to explain the OG. I've been picking him for three years. I just, it's there. I think he could be a 1B to Siakam's 1A. And, and he's got the coaching. They're gonna they're back in Toronto. Things are going to be a little bit more normal. We know what he does on the defensive end. I just need to see a little bit more, you know, juice from him off the dribble. And, and when that comes, I mean, this guy, I don't know, the sky's the limit for OG. He's, he's got but, it, though. He's yeah, got it. I know, but I mean, putting it together and actually doing it on the court night in, night out. There's a difference between showing flashes of it and actually doing it and leading a team every night. See, I think this is part of the Toronto situation. Like, uh, absolutely. Even even if he doesn't get there to, you know, Kawhi 2015 levels or something, that's coming along. Siakam is going to have a slightly easier role because they've got all these players who can play with defined roles. Like, and again, you're not talking about the expectations of a 55 win team anymore. You're talking about a scrappy team with a ton of interchangeable parts. I, I, I considered him for this. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And OG and Scotty uh, defensively are going to be really interesting. The whole thing. Siakam, precious Boucher, uh, OG, like all of them out there at once is Mm going to be fun. All right, Seth, you you picked so Michael I Porter found, Jr. 
Yeah. So after not having to, to talk about OG, uh, let's talk yeah, about. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, I think that this is going to be. Last year, we saw some some really good stuff from Michael Porter Jr. in a very defined role. This is an interesting thing we saw from him after Murray got hurt. Is his basically entire season had been played working along the baselines, whether playing out of corner threes, crashing the boards from out there. And he'd been very effective at doing that. After that injury, he had to come up to the top of the floor, play in the middle, try to initiate a little bit more with mixed success, I would say. And then certainly into the playoffs, it was up and down. I think he's going to be in a spot to do that all year. And if he kind of starts to become the player, the way he already is talked about in some ways, that's going to be a pretty big step forward, not just for him, but for the Nuggets. I mean, especially, you know, Murray comes back, you've got, you know, not to reduce everything to, you know, my own work, but then you have, you have like the tier one guy in Jokic, and then you have a couple other guys who are, you know, the two high tier three guys, if, if he starts to do that, and that's a championship level roster. So um, if he gets to that point, um, I, I think not only does he win this award, it's a, uh, makes the Nuggets a really interesting playoff uh prospect next year the, the one thing i'll add about him in particular that i really like that i think i considered him as well is he physically looks stronger on penetration so it's it's less of that one dimensionality that you alluded to and more of hey i know i'm going to have a bigger role all year when i attack off the dribble or now i can learn how to mix in my i'm 6 11 i'll shoot over you but oh i'm gonna i'm gonna get you on my shoulder he just looks better in those spots getting to the hoop in preseason to me and i think that facilitates the kind of volume expansion that i i think we are trying to uh honor in this award he was my pick if i didn't fall in love with jordan Poole. There you go. I mean, and pool like pool is fun as hell to watch. So I get it. Michael Porter Jr. is so good at using his physicality as a cutter. And it is nice now to see some of that leech into his on ball game. I, I'm with you, Ben. Um, yeah. I, ben, look, could he score 25 points a game this year? Easy, right? Easy, right? Like, I mean, and it, to me, he's a guy that with the way he shoots it. Is it is it crazy if he was 28 to 30 points a game? This year or next year. And now next year maybe gets tricky just because you have Jamal Murray back, but they're going to need guys to score. You know, Jokic is going to find him. And the guy has no hesitancy when it comes to taking the shot. I, I mean, he could really shock us this year. I think he's going to get the opportunity. All right. Real quick, I just want to give everybody a report. The cat is inching closer. Yeah. We might have been getting the long awaited cat attack that I've we, been dreaming of all podcasts. We're, we're going to go into. Uh, David Attenborough mode here in, in a moment. Uh, Dave, how, how did you resist from picking Rob Williams for that award? Uh, I don't know, man. Uh, look, are, you, I, are you out on him? I, no, 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 no. I, wait, I like, wait, wait, listen. wait, 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 wait. When did Dave become the Rob Williams oh, guy on this podcast? Dave loves Rob Williams. You don't no, know no, this? I'm just saying. Like, I was early no. on Rob Williams. I don't know. I mm. think I got you to Rob Williams. No, maybe. No, All right. I well, know. look, I think Rob Williams, <laughs> especially we can, we can go back and read my, let's go. Here's what we've got. We got to move on guys. Got. Okay. <laughs> Rob, Rob Williams with Horford is going to be interesting, but I worry that Horford actually will, because more offense will go through Horford than Rob Williams when they share the court together. That's going to hold him back. He's All right. playing 19 minutes a game. Don't yeah. worry about it. All right. We're going to the champs. This is it. We are, we are choosing the champs. They don't even have to play the season. Okay. Now, I want to start with Ben because Ben gave me the only answer that was kind of out of left field. Uh, 
the three of us, we picked, uh, I, I picked the Nets. I, I'm pretty, Seth, you picked the Nets. And Mo, you picked the Bucks. Okay. No, um, I picked the Nets. Oh, sorry. You picked the Nets. I picked the Bucks. My bad. Mix that up on my sheet. I, I think the Bucks can repeat. <laughs> yeah. I wrote, I wrote Nets next to my own name. And even though I picked it, I just read it. You know, I'm, I feel like uh, the anchorman. Uh, but Ben picked the Utah Jazz. Now, That's right. Let's go. But you did not mention Donovan Mitchell the entire time. We were talking about MVP guys the entire time we were talking about like, I mean, not maybe even most improved. Are you expect, is this a go bear led championship or do you think Donovan Mitchell is, is going to actually be like an MVP caliber player this year? No, he's going to have to be like a top 10 to 15, 30 points a game, player. 30 points. I game. Think here. Okay. So here's the thing with Mitchell. He's a I dark a Mitchell, horse MVP guy to me. So is Trey. Sort Young. of, sort of. I have a Mitchell take. And I guess it I guess it makes it fall into a dark horse MVP. If you watch him in the playoffs, um, last two years, he's got some of the craziest kind of volume scoring numbers you'll ever see. And it's coming from this combination of insane first step off the bounce with the space in the game and his pull up three being on and like like really on. And I I think the jury's out. Like, I think it's not the most likely thing, but I could see him in a playoff run. You don't ever want to just casually evoke like 2006 Dwayne Wade. Cause I don't think it would be quite at that level. Wade was a two way guy even back then. But if he has a run like that and the thing is kind of open, we've talked about parody and the other big one is Mike Conley being healthy. And they just, that team was just so gutted in the playoffs last year. And I think they were so close to actually going through and winning the title um, that was sort of my thinking. I had nine teams as candidates and I had my top four were the other two of them were the other guys you picked. And I think Dave, as I've alluded to, man, golden state's really good. Like, I don't think they're going to have what it takes in the end, but I think you guys are sleeping on them. That's all I'm going to say. I look, I like the jazz pick because I, I also see the blueprint. They, now they've got one glaring weakness that they have to solve. Um, unfortunately, the playoff, the, like the playoffs, really highlights that weakness. I mean, they, and they ran into a Clippers team that was the perfect team to beat them the way they did. You mean dribble penetration? Dribble penetration, right? Like yeah, they've got so to they solve a, that. So they had a really bad matchup with a five-out yep. offense that wanted to play that way, and they had no guards to defend because they were injured. They were all hurt. But also, let's let's just be honest. They, they're not really. They don't have anybody who who can hold up all that great anyway. Like they didn't have maybe, a Kawhi stopper. They didn't have against a, smaller guards. Maybe, maybe, right? But that's, that's healthy, sort of a, right? a an under 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 discussed aspect of of Mitchell. And and I think the Donovan Mitchell debate was probably between me and Ben is probably best left for another situation. But uh, but he, his defensive. Mm, Issues, apathy, My, yeah, apathy, apathy. yeah, uh, is, yeah. Is, is 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 something that's worth discussing in this context. But we can mm-hmm. leave that for another day. We'll, but he, yeah, yeah, he's yeah. a future. But, but I like this jazz pick. Um, let, let me. Def- I'll defend my Bucks pick. Um, is this? This is not hard. They just want a title. Nothing to defend. <laughs> they just want a title. I don't know if y'all remember. But we I'm all gonna just watched this. I'm going to defend taking the favorite. Yeah. That's chalk that brought uh, back the same yeah. team. They got they got the best player in the league, best defender in the league. Um, you picked Rudy Gobert. You picked Rudy Gobert to be the best defender. No, wait, no, no, defensive player of the year is not best defender. 
<laughs> no, the, I, I, different the, the, thing. The thing. That's true. The other thing That's to say true. for the Bucks is they did make a, a number of nice little moves around the edges. They did. To, to, I like, like the George Hill. I like bringing yeah, George Hill back um, I, and to take like those Bryn Forbes minutes yeah. were were not great for Grayson them. Allen for basically nothing. Like that's you know, Ojale. Yeah. Uh, well, they leaned the way on that, that PJ Tucker role. Like these are these are good. Yeah. Like, they leaned in the direction they needed to lean where they got some more shooting that, that is going to be on the court in the playoffs for them. And I thought that that was a good move. So I, I'm taking the bucks. Uh, the Nets one is, is also obvious, but let me ask you guys. And I'll start with Mo. Are you worried that the distractions are actually going to affect the on the court to the degree where it's just hard to get the chemistry that they need? Like, do you think it's going to be too big of a deal for them to overcome? No, because I think they've okay. already made their decision. Either you're in or you're out. If he was trying to be a part-time player, I probably would change my vote. But you're either in or you're out. It's that simple. You know, now their margin of error has dropped or has uh, dropped significantly. Dropped, yeah, yeah. Dropped significantly. I'm, I'm struggling with analogies today. Um, they are a deeper team than they were last year. I love the Patty Mills pickup. I love the James Johnson pickup. I think people are sleeping on Javon Carter. Uh, uh even John Hollinger last Thomas? week was was mentioning it. Cam Thomas, I'm not sure how many minutes he's going to get in in the regular season once the rotation gets going. So they're it's without Kyrie, they're not as big of favorites to me, right? And then it's neck and neck with them and and Milwaukee. I mean, Dave, you could ask me tomorrow, and I might decide the Bucks. Like it's right. It's, well, and I think that that's going to be all year, and right? It, it's neck and neck. So for me, it's along those lines of you know they're even without Kyrie, I think they're great. I think, like I said, KD to win the MVP. I think this is a team that still has a great chance to win the the championship. And I don't. I think they got rid of the distraction. Seth, are they going to have to make up for the lost production? No. If, they they're just going to have yeah, it. Yeah, no. Right? Like, I mean, that, that's the thing, no, right? Their offense is going to be like you. What is the number that we've figured out? You can't get better than this. <laughs> they already are yeah. at that number, and so basically, they can get better. Like they could potentially get themselves better on the defensive well, end and still not drop off yeah. on offense, right? The, the the thing that that is it's margin for error isn't so much of is is more about like injuries than it is about you know goodness on the court. They have two of the best six players in the league, probably, and arguably two of the, the two best offensive engines in the league. I mean, and and a very competent, versatile supporting cast. I don't I don't see why you need to overthink this and say that that. It, it even without and, and and frankly I think Mo put it put it perfectly. I think with him in, they're the overwhelming favorites. With him out, they are the substantial less so, but the substantial favorite. If it was a day but game by game thing, that's when the the weirdness and distractions and then you know KD getting pissy and 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 you know everyone having to ask answer the same questions every day. Um, it might prove to be a, a real distraction, but we I can think, already see they're annoyed by it. Yeah, they're annoyed, but yeah. they're but they're annoyed by it in a way that's like it's it's sort of the uh, you know the common enemy kind of thing. Um, yeah. So it's just like if you guys here today or not, then it's 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 a different thing. But it's like you know later for that guy, we're going to go win a championship. Yeah, I think that's that's straightforward for them. If if KD and Hardy are healthy in the playoffs, I expect uh, them to have their full team. By the time the playoffs roll around, that that's my guess. I mean, the backpedaling and stuff is already starting publicly. So, you know, I, I think everybody's going to be there. Um, 
I still think this team can lose even at full health, though. Can I ask the group something? Yes. Based on based on exactly what you just said. Like, you guys don't think there's a, a fairly large concern for this team's defense not really holding up. Like, in other words, what we saw what last year about. was kind of, uh, it's just changing of the tides in the NBA. There's a lot of stuff going on. Now we finally have uh, a settled 82-game season. Uh, there's new rules in place in terms of the fouling that helps defenders. Like, I, I'm just, I'm trying to wrap my head around because I am I came into this exercise and it feels like I'm in a different league than you guys where the Nets were my first pick. I'm like, I'm stacking this up. I'm like, okay, you got to look at the Nets. But I see a ton of red flags and it feels wide open. But you guys are talking about it like it's the Nets are like the 01 Lakers or something. Am, do you guys have these well, concerns? That's how, I, look, I think the, if the Bucks wanted to, they could win 70 games this season. I think the Bucks are good enough to do that. I don't think any team in the league can win 70 games. I think the, I think the Bucks could. I, I now, just, obviously, I think this depends on Giannis being healthy and stuff like that. But like, I actually think the Bucks and with their defense and the way it's built for the regular season and the sustainability of it, I actually think they could win like somewhere in that 67 to 70 games. I don't think that they're pushing for that because, as we talked about, Giannis is going to have to take some nights off. But I think the Nets could do the same thing because of their offense. Let me let me answer your question, though, about the defense, because the one thing I was surprised about the Nets in the playoffs was their defense was actually significantly better it, it held up than better. the regular season. It was yep. it was a thing. So there's to me, even if their defense isn't that good in the regular season this year, I have they've given me proof that they can step it up in the in come playoff time. I think they've also added guys that are a little bit better defensively. I think James, I'm. I'm I'm in on the, the the James Johnson pickup. I thought that was a really good opportunity for them to kind of sneak in there. I think, you know, they're going to improve. I think Patty Mills is a sneaky, just pest, annoys the crap out of you type dude um, and, and, and gets opportune steals. I think KD's going to be better defensively a year after, you know, a, a one full season under his belt. I think this, I, I, I'm not as concerned. And again, their offense is just so overwhelmingly good. What what does their defense need to be for you to feel comfortable going into the playoffs, Ben? Like, I mean, you know, and and you almost can't even say, well, they need to be top 15 because it doesn't matter. Like we we saw that Cleveland Cavaliers team the year that they went to the finals with what, what did it 29th ranked defense during the regular season or something ridiculous? Because well, they're gonna be able that, to score enough that it doesn't matter. Yeah, but, but that offense it, was insane. Yeah. So and you don't think but, this this offense can get close to that level? No, they can, of course. I okay. think I think part of the big assumption and part of the problem I'm having is that as good as the Nets are on offense, people continue to talk about them like they're going to sustain a margin of like 10 to 12 points better against their defenses they're facing than everyone else. And that's just literally the best offenses ever. Um, we didn't see evidence of that last year. Small samples, weird stuff going on, so I don't know what to make of it, but... There's, there is a difference in this conversation between saying like, hey, when we trot you out against a good defense, you're going to have a 115, 116 offensive rating and talking about it like, yeah, they're just going to drop a 125 offensive rating in every series and their defense doesn't matter. So it's both sides of the ball for me where they held up incredibly well playing small last year. I still don't know if that was some kind of fool's gold or just the sample they were going like what they got away with against the Bucks at times felt 
off to me. We talked about it at nauseum oh, at the time. Yeah. So I just I just feel like as good as they can be, I see a wide range of outcomes, but it doesn't sound like you guys are as concerned about that. Stuff. Oh, I mean, look, I think I I think the Bucks can beat the Nets full at full health in a seven game series. I think the Bucks are good enough to do it. Right? They're versatile enough defensively. I think that I mean we know that they can score enough on the offensive end. I don't know that the Nets defense can hold up enough against a team like the Bucks to to beat them in seven. I think it's just a toss up. I don't think I it's agree. I don't think it's a yeah. listen, again, if Kyrie was in the fold to me, it's different because then I don't think the Bucks can keep up with them offensively. I really don't. And we saw it in the first two games of that series. You know, and they got really kind of run out, and that was pretty much that was without James Harden. I think the ultimate thing is now with it just being KD and Harden, and that's the way I'm going through it the whole way. I don't have the same faith as you, Dave, that they're going to have the full roster come playoff time. It's a toss-up. This one's really close. It's not a matter of I think the the Nets are overwhelmingly favorites over the Bucks now, and I think right now it's close, and it's going to be a seven game series either way. I do like that Ben is leaning into Utah as this year's Milwaukee, though. That That is – I mean, look, I like the Utah pick a lot, and I, I think Utah is going to surprise people with how much they experiment this year. I, I don't There's know how a, much you've seen so far, but I do think that they are going to do de- things differently in the regular season. And there's sort of a historical – influence in that every time we get one of these little changing of the tides you get like an 11 mavericks 79 sonics you get like a team that kind of pushes through and those teams are always veteran laden teams that have been through the kind of the wars um so i mean once again dave asked me for these picks four minutes before we recorded so <laughs> this is just not true it does, inaccurate. we're not allowing this ben we're not it's allowing inaccurate. this we we booked ben taylor a week ago thinking, i don't want to hear thinking this basketball should be constantly Listen, thinking thinking the, the basketball should member, be ready <laughs> the unofficial so, fourth member of the nerder crew mr ben taylor that's uh, at E-L-G-E-E-35 on Twitter and Don't Thinking Basketball him. is the YouTube channel and the podcast and the Patreon. And Dave is coming on next, next week, week for our 17th annual preview show. We, I love that we we just preview everything. We've previewed Anything the we can playoffs. Preview, we preview, we preview yeah. the regular season. Yeah, it's going to be fun. Uh, thank you, Ben. As always, for Seth... For Mo, I'm Dave. This is the Athletic NBA Show. This has been Nerd She Wrote. We'll talk to you guys next week because the regular season kicks off in only a couple days. Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic.